At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. For many years, many have asked the question, what if God was one of us? Through the incarnation of Jesus, God answered that question, and Jesus became one of us. Every year for centuries, Christians have celebrated the miracle of Jesus' birth. This Christmas season, we're diving into a new series, Emmanuel, God with us. Learning how the arrival of Jesus Christ changes everything. He came to save us, a broken and crooked world, a fallen people. Join us this Christmas as we explore the miracle of Jesus' incarnation and the impact it still has on us. There is something so awesome about the Christmas season when last week you came in and the handbells were sounding in the lobby. This year we have our adult choir next or this week. You know, there comes a point where words, they just all start to run together, right? This week, this year, whatever. But this week, we had the adult choir, and next week, we have our kids' choir, just a fun season. A lot of flannel happening. Man, this is like flanneled out today. So fun. So we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. I'm going to say something, and this only works if you're not being a smarty pants. Like, you got to play along and do it right. So I'll say something, and you're going to say back to me the thing that you know you're supposed to say, not what you want to say, but what you know you're supposed to say. So we're going to do this two or three or four times just to see if this works. I think think it'll work. Okay, so I'm going to, now I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to say something, and then you're going to, you're going to say something. You ready? Here we go. Go green. Hmm, see, I knew. Where, where's Tina? That was Tina's voice. Was that Tina's voice? No, that was someone in this area. Someone. You know what's rough? You know what's rough is when you have great friends around you who are pointing you out. That's rough. So we're going to try it again with everyone playing correctly and eyes just to see what happens. Here we go. Go green. You know, still there's this going on. So it's like, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. Okay, let's say then, let's switch it around. Let's say I don't even have to say anything walking down the road. No words are necessary. I've got on my, my pullover and it has a block M on it. Someone's probably going to walk by me and they're just going to, out of nowhere, they're just going to say what? They're going to say, isn't that amazing? I don't even need to say anything for that one, right? They're just going to say it because they know they're supposed to say it. Or let's say I've got on maroon and it's got on a gold C. Let's go with some Mac schools now to see what happens. Someone's going to say fire up. Mm-hmm. Or I'm wearing brown. Yeah, from that other side of the state and it's got a little horse head on it. Someone's probably going to say go. Yeah, we're like losing steam fast. So we're going to get out of this game. This is definitely losing steam. I was uh, talking with some of the ladies as they were setting up for the Christmas tea, whenever that was. Was that last week, week before last? I don't know. But what we were setting up for the Christmas tea, and I think it was Jocelyn I was talking to, maybe. If, if it wasn't Jocelyn and it was you, I'm sorry, tell me after the service, and then I will correct it for the third service. But anyway, I was talking with some of the group as they were getting ready for the tea, and she said, yeah, so here's one of our traditions. What we do during the Christmas season is we play games, like board games. I'm like, well, what's your favorite board game? And she told me about this game that I've never played called Telestrations. Okay, so I'm like, explain Telestrations. What is it? And she goes, well, you know telephone. You guys all know telephone. Like, I would come over here, and I would whisper something to Eric, and then he would go around, and the, the whole whatever I whispered then would come back around. We would see, like, did we keep the same message, or did we not? But with drawing, no words. Like, you, you, you just draw pictures. You can't talk. You just, just draw pictures. This sounds like the most brutal 
agonizing game ever. Some of you, when I said illustrations, you're like, oh, yes, yay. Okay, you art kids, that's cool. Like, that is so cool that you can draw. Not all of us can draw, but I love words. Like, I'm all about the words. I love whenever... But even with people like me, when you take me and you put me in another country and you say, hey, Billy, go offer, uh, go offer to buy everyone some coffee, something that should be so simple, if you don't have the words, even the most simple of tasks seems impossible. Let's take our Bibles and open up to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, this is week 2 of our Christmas series called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we're talking about words. One of the things I love, when you look at the attributes of God, there's a lot of attributes. There's communicable attributes. There's incommunicable attributes. One of the attributes I love about God is he's a God who speaks. He is a God who speaks. When you open up to the very first chapter of your Bible, Genesis chapter one, there's 31 verses. Out of those 31 verses, there's 15 times that our God speaks. Our holy and awesome God speaks 15 different times, either naming something or creating something. 15 times he speaks. It's amazing. I love that he created us in a way that we can hear from him. We can hear from our holy and awesome God. That's how communication works, right? There's a sender and there's a receiver. Our God created us in a way where we can receive his message. Just think about what King David said in Psalm 19. He said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. In other words, God speaks for his very creation, doesn't he? Some of you, you love hunting, but it's not even about the hunting, is it? It's about getting up early in the morning, sitting in that tree stand, looking out and just being able to watch the deer come along bend his head down, get a drink of water, and just kind of frolic off into the woods. And you're just like, ah, Lord, look how creative and great you are. For some of you, it's the mountains. When you go to the mountains, someone grabbed me after the first service, and they said, Alaska, flying into Anchorage, I will never forget that. Looking at how you think the Rockies or something in Colorado go to Alaska. It's, it's amazing. For some of you, it's the ocean. Man, when you sit on that beach and you hear the waves come pouring in, you just sit there. For some of you, it's the night sky. For some of you, it's a sunrise or a sunset. We are just blown away by the awesomeness of our creative God. And we are talked to by our creator through his creation. But not just that, he uses his voice, doesn't he? He talked to guys like Abraham, Jacob, Moses. Sometimes he would send angels. Sometimes he would send prophets to speak. Probably there's like 90 prophets listed through scripture. You know, some were kings and some were priests and some were farmers. Guys like Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel, you know, they, they would come along and here's what the prophet would say. The prophet would stand before the people and would say, thus says the Lord. This is what God says. This is what God says about your yesterday. This is what God is saying about right now. This is what God says about the future. This is what God says. Now, we're in Hebrews chapter 1 this morning, and um, I think the thing is, as we open up to Hebrews 1, and for some of you, you're going, well, this is, this is different. I mean, we're used to going to Luke, right? Because in Luke, we go to that whole nativity scene, or even before the nativity scene, we go to where the angel goes to Mary and Joseph and speaks to them, and we're all like, I know we've talked about that for years now, like 2,000 years we've talked about that scene, but I just love it. It just feels like Christmas. I want to talk about Luke is what I want to do. 
And then something happens. We go to our prayer closet after we leave church. And when we go to our prayer closet after we leave church, we shut that door and we're alone with the Lord. And that's where the struggle begins. Because you hear about this angel coming to Mary and Joseph and you say, okay, Lord, where's the disconnect? Where's the disconnect? Because I would love to hear from you today. Because God, I got some stuff pressing on me right now. I've got some health stuff that is pressing on me right now. I've got some relationship stuff. Lord, it is pressing on me right now. Financial stuff, whatever your thing is, we have these things that we go to God and say, God, this stuff is pressing on me. I just wish I could hear you. Mary got to, Joseph got to. That's really cool that 2,000 years ago you spoke. So what am I supposed to do with that today? What am I supposed to do when I want to hear? You're, you're a sender and I'm a receiver. I want to hear this communication. God, where are you? What do you have to say for me today? And that's where we're going to go to scripture with this big idea that we want to hear God's ultimate word. Look at verse number one. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Long ago, at many times in many ways, meaning through creation, through the angels, through prophets, God spoke. Many times in many ways, he spoke. And sometimes we get, we get to kind of be smarties about it, don't we? And we're like, well, how do we know? Maybe the prophets, when he spoke through the prophets, maybe what was going on is these guys were trying to get richer quicker. Maybe that was it. They just wanted more power, more authority. How do you know that you can trust what the prophets were saying in the first place? Peter clears that up. He says this in 2 Peter 1. He says, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so we see this scene where God has spoken through the angels and through the prophets and through creation. But what about now? Look at verse two. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. You see, Jesus is God's creating word. Look at verse two one more time. It says, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He has spoken to us by his son. So God continues to speak. He speaks to us today through creation. He speaks to us today by so many ways, but this says something different. It says, by his son. When you go back to Luke 1, and you do see where the angel's talking to Mary, remember what Mary was told? Mary was told the child to be born to you will be called holy, the son of God. Or think about the baptism of Jesus some years later. As Jesus was being baptized, a voice from heaven came and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, over and over and over, we see this theme where Jesus looks at God and refers to him as father. And we see everyone else, including the father, looking at Jesus and calling him the son. And here we see in Hebrews, we see in Hebrews that he is the son and that the Lord God is speaking to us by his son. 
The Gospel of John starts by saying, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made. See, Jesus was there at the very creation of everything. Jesus was there. Now, why is that important? Well, some of you, you're connected to the auto industry, right? Some of you, you have connections. So go with me here. Imagine that you've got a brand new car, brand spanking new car. And you know how you've probably seen in the movies, right? When you buy a brand new car, they wash it up for you. They fill up the gas tank. They do all that, right? Those dealerships, they do all that for you. So you get your brand new car full of gas. And all of a sudden, you blink a few days later, and what happens to that gas tank? The light's on. You're like, how did that happen? I just went back and forth to work a few times. Well, you're out of gas now. So you pull into the gas station, and you're like, okay, I'm in the gas station. And then you walk out, and you look at the gas tank, and you're like, I don't, I don't actually know how to, this actually happened to someone in the first service. I don't know how to open it. And so you kind of push on it, right? Nothing happens. And you open up the door, and you're looking for a button. There ain't no button there. And so you're like, what am I supposed to do? There's no button. I can't push on it. And, and so you're just stuck. But you know what to do. You go to the glove compartment because what are you looking for? That owner's manual. Oh, but see, the dealer told you we don't do that anymore. There's no owner's manual. So don't lose this QR code because everything you need is on that QR code. And you're going, great, QR code is on the desk at home. I guess I can YouTube, I can phone a friend. I mean, you're in a place of panic, right? Uh, The person this happened to in the first service, she said, I was in Tennessee in a rental car. And I was trying to make my flight out of Tennessee, trying to take this rental car back. And I couldn't get a hold of the rental car place. And I was stuck. So I'm calling my husband. He's looking online. He's phoning friends. And it was just a mess. And so let's say instead of phoning a friend, you have someone sitting next to you in the passenger seat. Again, for some, this won't be hard to imagine. Imagine that person is not only connected to the auto industry, but they designed that latch on that car. So they know exactly how that thing works. There is no mistake in their mind of how this latch works and where it's at. They're like, oh, you open up that center console and the button's down there. That's where it is. We put it there. We thought it'd be out of the way and very easy to find. And you're going, yeah, that was a good design right there. (laughs) Or let's say say, uh, your friend is sitting there and now your dash lights come on. And you're like, I just can't figure out what happened. And they said, remember when I told you about those five bolts that can take off your whole dash, like the whole thing can come off? Yeah, you took it off, didn't you? Because your ambient lighting in here, you're like, your ambient lighting is working. Your dash lights are not working. You didn't plug something back in. I know exactly what you didn't plug. You see where I'm going with this, don't you? To have the creator with you, to have the designer with you changes everything, doesn't it? Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is the one who was there at the beginning of all creation. He was there for everything. So in that place where you're going, Lord, I got family members coming in a week and a half, and I don't know how to navigate this. We look to Jesus. When you're in that place of going financially, we got some expenses for Christmas, and I don't know that I have the savings to hand. What am I supposed We look to Jesus. I've got these tensions that we look to Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of our, our faith. The reality is that Jesus is also God's revealing word. Look down at verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. This verse, while well, Jesus is the brilliant 
illumination of God. That means he's not like the moon. See, the moon doesn't produce any light, does it? It reflects the light of the sun. Jesus is not like the moon. Jesus is radiating. He's literally radiating the glory of God. He's radiating the glory of God. Glory, that word is doxa. Doxa. Doxa doesn't just mean what you think about God. It's what you can see in God. It's when the cloud appeared to show that the glory of God was present with the people in Egypt. That cloud that was a doxa, the glory of God. It's when the glory of God descended on Mount Sinai as the Lord met with Moses there. Doxa. It's where the glory of the Lord filled the temple that was being dedicated by Solomon. Doxa, right? That's what's going on there. Jesus is the radiance of the very glory of God. He is an exact imprint, Scripture says, which means he's not just like, hey, you sort of have the appearance of God. No, it's so much deeper. He's the exact imprint of God. I love how the very beginning of John says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You want to hear from God? You want to know what God has to say about things? You look to Jesus. In fact, maybe that's a good question. I just want you to answer this in your heart right now. When you picture God, what do you picture? Go ahead, just right now, just think about that. When you picture God, I just want you to get that image in your mind. What do you picture? See, some of you right now, you're thinking about like an old man in a rocking chair, just waiting for you to jump up in his lap. That's what you're waiting for. For some of you, you're picturing this big, long, white beard and a staff. You know, that's what you're picturing. For some of you, there's just like a a blackness. It's almost like a void, just a voice with a void. That's what you're picturing. And then if I said, what is it that's influencing your thoughts on God? Where where did you come up with that? Some of you would say, well, my grandpa or my dad or maybe the lack thereof. You know, that's what I pictured. That's what influenced it. It was that one movie. It was that one book. It was that one painting, that artwork For some of you, you'd say, no, I just kind of look in the mirror and I just kind of try to figure it out based on me. I try to figure it all out. And the response is, we should look to to Jesus. That's where we should look. Do you remember what Jesus said to Thomas? Jesus says this to Thomas. He says, if you had known me, you would have known the Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You see, when we look to Jesus We do see him. God wanted to make himself known. That's why Jesus came. And so when you're trying to sort through, how am I supposed to handle forgiveness? Because there's some people who have said and done some things to me. How am I supposed to handle forgiveness? We look to Jesus and we see how God would have us respond to situations. How do I handle grief during Christmas? This pain that, man, I don't want this pain. It's not something I asked for. It just kind of came. How am I supposed to do it? We look to Jesus Every single thing that you're facing, we look as Christians, we look to Jesus. We look to Jesus for all of that because Jesus is God's saving word. It's our final point today. Jesus is God's saving word. Look at verse 3 one more time. After making purification for sins. If you like to write in your Bible, I, I would probably circle that part right there. After making purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent 
than theirs. You see, the problem with hearing from God, because again, sometimes we feel like there's a disconnect between us and God. Mary and Joseph got to hear from God, but we feel like we just can't, and so there's something wrong with God. No, the problem's never with God. The problem's with us. The problem's always been with us. Because of our sin nature, there's a separation between us and a holy and awesome God. Do you remember the garden? In the garden, Adam and Eve walked. They literally walked with God in the cool of the garden. They got to speak with God. There was no difference in in, in the, the separation. They were there in proximity with one another until the fall. Until sin, and that sin caused a separation between people and God. That's where God established a sacrificial system where an innocent animal had to be killed to cover that sin. It ended up being that's how they clothed themselves to cover the sin that they had committed. And the same has continued to this very day. The problem is we keep trying to come up with new ways to cover our sin, but that's not the gospel. Let me walk you through the gospel real fast. Just picture, if you will, a nativity scene. You can do that, right? You have the nativity scene, so you have Mary and Joseph yeah, the shepherds there. The animals are all close by. The angels. Are you picturing this scene? And right in the middle, right in the middle, you have Jesus. You seeing this? This is the moment that the purification for sins started. It was not complete. This is where it started. This was where God said, because I'm a just God, there has to be payment for sin. There's a penalty. The wages of sin is death. And it's where God said, because of my mercy, I'm going to put off. I'm going to delay the final punishment. I'm going to delay because I'm a merciful God. But in his love, God said, you can't do it, so I'm going to pay. And that's why Jesus came. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came to this earth as a baby, but he didn't stay a baby, did he? He started to grow into this little boy who would run around like any little boy. The difference is he never sinned. There was no sin in Jesus. Not once did he ever sin. He grew into a young man. Again, thinking about the things that I said or thought or did as a young man, no sin in Jesus. And then he grew into a man. He was roughly the age of 30 when the baptism took place, and when he called his disciples, these 12 men, he said, you, 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 I want you to follow me. Come and follow me. And they didn't know exactly what they meant, what that meant, but they started to follow Jesus. And everywhere that Jesus went, as he would teach, they would hear the teaching. As the miracles were performed, they were there to see the healing of the sick, the lame, the blind, to see Jesus walk on the water. They were there. When it was time to eat, they would eat with Jesus. When it was time to cross by boat to the other side, they were in the boat with Jesus. They did everything, literally everything. These guys were with Christ. Isn't that amazing? Like just getting to hang out. And then finally came the Last Supper. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. He prayed for them. He prayed for us. He taught them. And then later that evening, he would pray. And then he would be arrested. Why was he arrested? Well, he was arrested not for stealing anything. 
not for murder, not for, no, he, he was arrested for being the Messiah, the son of God. That's why he was arrested, for being the one who would purify us from our sins. After the arrest came the trial, and very soon after that came the crucifixion. At the crucifixion, there was only one of the 12 present. John was the only one who showed up at the crucifixion that day. He was the only one in Scripture listed, and John was there at the foot of the cross, and he saw, he watched as these soldiers gambled for the clothes of Jesus. He was there when Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He was there when Jesus looked at him and said, hey, John, I want you to take care of my mom. She's your responsibility. He was there when Jesus, with outstretched arms, breathed his last and said, it is finished. It started with the nativity, but it was completed on the cross. They took the body of Jesus off the cross and they laid him in a tomb. On the third day, Jesus got up out of that tomb and he walked out. Why did he do that? Well, he was proving once again that he is the son of God. He is the one who came to take away the sins of the world. He appeared to no less than 500 eyewitnesses over the next 40 days. Why did he do that? Again, there's no dispute because he spoke and they heard in fact, one of the things he said, he brought the disciples together. And as he brought them together, there's only 11 at this point. He brings them together and he says, okay, guys, in just a few, I'm going to be ascending. I'm going to be going up into heaven. Not yet, but it's about to happen. I want you to know all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And therefore, I want you to go. You're going to go and you're going to make disciples. That's what you see me do over the past three years. So go and keep doing this work. You need to forgive where forgiveness needs to be given. You need to love where love is lacking. You need to serve when it's time to serve. Do what I have been doing. You're going to make disciples. You're going to baptize them. You're going to teach them to obey everything that I've been commanding you. And I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It wasn't long after that that he did ascend. He went up into heaven. And friends, he will return one day. Not as a baby in a manger but holy and righteous as a judge. He will return one day. So here's what we want to do. Uh, as a church family, it's important for us to do two things. One, we need to remember what it is to care for one another well, don't we? That's why we had the remembrance trees today. We want to remember that we need to grieve together. We need to love together. We need to hurt together. That, that's something we do together. And then we need to remember we have to follow that example of Christ who left the throne room of grace and he came to us where we are. We have a responsibility to do the same, don't we? We need to go to where others are who need his light. And so what we're going to do is in just a moment, we're going to pass around envelopes. There's two colors. There's white envelopes and red envelopes. I want each family to take one. It's up to you which one you take. The white, let me start with the white. The white envelopes will include gifts of service. So you're going to serve those around you. It might be something simple. And this is where it's fun because you don't know what's in the envelope, right? They're all different. Like they're literally, they're all over the place. They're all different. So some of you might get pull the, which if you're my neighbor, we'll see which envelope I took, right? But if it's a white one, it might say pull the trash can up to the garage for the neighbor on trash day. 
Don't cost anything to do. It's just loving them enough to go serve them, right? It might say, uh, go down to the local Red Cross and give blood. It might say something like, doesn't cost you a thing to do. Now, let me, quick time out. Some of you are going to be like, well, I can't even walk. How am I going to roll the trash can? Okay, be reasonable now because we're going to get on Facebook and we're going to serve this. And so if that's you and you physically shouldn't be hauling your own trash can, let alone your trash can and the neighbor's trash can, you have full permission to be creative and to say, I see what this is. I see where we're going. That one I can't physically do. Or for some of you, you can't go down and get blood for whatever reason. You have XYZ thing going on with your body. You can't give blood. You get the point though, right? You get the point that this is something I'm going to do just to love and serve others. So you'll just take one white envelope. If you're like, I, you know, I, I need something where I can just go serve some others. The red envelopes. Okay, if this one costs nothing, the red ones, they cost, Right? Now, it's not going to be like, I want you to take $10,000. No, it's going to be more like this. It's going to be more like, let's pretend it snows because we're in Michigan and there's salt and junk on your car. So you got to wash your car. It'll say, wash not only your car, but pay for the person behind you when you're talking to the person at the window. That's pretty easy, right? If you're getting a coffee, you know, get two coffees and go take a coffee to someone. So it'll be just those little things that get us outside of ourselves, So what we're going to do now, our ushers are going to come. We're going to pass out the envelopes, one per family. The white ones will be gifts of service that have no cost. The red ones, the red ones do have a cost. So it's your pick, one per family, white or red. So you'll take one and go ahead and pass it down. As you're taking the envelopes, here's something I I want you to think about. Tim O'Day recently returned from a mission trip to Ecuador. And when I say recently returned, as you were eating turkey and that canned cranberry stuff. I don't even know what that is, but as you were eating that, Tim was in the Andes Mountains serving in Ecuador. Now, sometimes when you get in the mountains, the reception's not very good. And some of you doesn't even eat mountains, just your house, your house, there's not good reception maybe. But you know what that's like, communication. There's a sender, there's a receiver. That's how it works. There's a sender, there's a receiver, but sometimes there's noise, isn't there? There's a breakup, and so that happened to Tim a little bit. There's times that he went to send messages to his family or update the church, and was just like, man, my reception's not good. And I wonder what went through Tim's mind as he got on the airplane to go home. Now, anytime you go on a mission trip, one thing I always encourage people, I always encourage, make sure you journal. Because so much will happen in one day, you can't possibly remember it all. You can't. You can't remember it all. So take notes as you go so you can tell everyone the things that happened. But I do wonder, did Tim, did Tim get on that airplane and start to think, oh yeah, I need to tell him about this and I can't wait to tell him that. And this will be something I, I will never forget. It's like God seared that moment on my heart. And then all of a sudden there was this great homecoming, right? Tim walks off the airplane The family's there. There's this reunion. He's home. Hey, just, you know, it makes me think that long ago and in many ways, God spoke. God spoke through creation. He spoke through angels. He spoke through prophets. And I wonder if there was a moment where the Lord said, I want so badly for them to hear me. It's just, there seems to be a breakdown in communication here. I know what I'll do. I'll go to them. 
I'll go in a way that is so unique that it's guaranteed that they can hear. So the word took on flesh and dwelt among us. And I wonder if Jesus, as he left the throne room of grace and came here, if Jesus wasn't thinking, I can't wait. Because they really don't get forgiveness. But that moment on the cross, they're going to get it. They will finally get it in that moment. They're going to understand. And love, I don't think they really understand the selfless love. I don't think they get it, but... But this moment when that woman is dragged before me and thrown, that's when they're going to get it. They're going to understand love, an unfiltered love where you expect nothing in return. They're going to get it in that moment. And being forgivable, man, they don't get that. They start, But when I tell that story of the prodigal, I can't wait. They're going to get it. The word came to dwell among us so that we could hear the very word of God. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what trials you're going through. But I'm telling you, the response as brothers and sisters in Christ is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We are so blown away by who you are, by the calling you've placed on our life. Lord, I know we do have people in this room who are hurting today. They're hurting because they miss a loved one, and they're just trying to process grief in this moment. We have some who've never surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, and I pray that through the hearing of the gospel today that everything changes as people are able to say, I believe. I believe that Jesus came and lived and died and lived again, and I'm placing my faith and trust in that truth. Lord, let today be a day of surrender. And for all of us, Lord, to be able to look and to see our neighbors, our colleagues, our family members the same way that you do. As people who desperately need to encounter the light who came to pierce the darkness. So Lord, use us in a way where we serve well, where we give well, where we love well to your glory. Not just what is felt, but what is seen what is heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.